traffic sucks, but your podcast don't have to. Welcome into the afternoon drive with five. Joining us now on the Stuff It Hotline is a guy who played 42 games as a shorter hawk, has been a co-host of the Audio Fun Bag, and is the lead editor of Dogs Daily at SI.com and recruiting analyst for SI All-American. He is Brooks Austin Brooks. What's the bigger challenge, trying to keep up with Carlos on the Audio Fun Bag or trying to sort through Kirby's coach speak for the real story? Oh, no, the coach speak comes second, like second nature at this point. I mean, with the, <laughs> with the, with the lengthy college career. By the way, I've been introduced to a ton of podcasts, right? A, a ton of radio lead-ins, a bunch of cold like lead-ins, cold opens on, on what it is that I am or however people choose to introduce me. Not once has anyone mentioned the 42, you know, to most people meaningless starts to me the entire world um, of shorter university football. So shouts to you, you Billy. Shouts yeah. to you, brother. <laughs> so the coach speak just comes natural to you now. Oh, big time. A hundred percent. The coach speak, I see right through. It's like, um, you know, almost like, what's that? What, 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 one of those websites that teaches you how to speak Spanish in like four days. That's basically yeah. what um, coach speak is to me at this point in one ear and out the other and completely translated for sure. All right, before we get into all the college stuff, as a guy who grew up in the state of Georgia, actually in the same city as Bryce, what did the last 12 months mean to you with the, with first the Braves championship and then the UGA winning the national championship? Um, it meant that I didn't have to see uh, an entire city doom themselves on social media every time something bad ever happened. Um, <laughs> in, in Georgia sports lore, whether it be the Braves, the Falcons, or the Bulldogs, man, like... Anytime a ball goes out of bounds earlier than it should, or a ball breaks one way or bounces, you know, one of the infield fly rules called inappropriately, like everyone just assumes that it's the worst thing in the world and that's because the sports god hates you. And then, you know, maybe maybe that were true. I think it's I, I, within 69 days, both teams win a, a title for the first time in 40 years. So uh, maybe the curse was shattered. I don't, I don't I don't think the Falcons will ever break the curse. I mean, that's that's a long way away there but yeah, yeah i mean as, as a guy here in the state of georgia i mean i don't really carry you know i'm not like bleeding red and black or i'm not you know dying with every ball and strike of the Braves. so i'm probably not the right guy to ask but for me it was more so yes now i don't have to turn on twitter or turn on the radio and listen to people complain about the sports gods hating them as if they exist <laughs> that's true <laughs> All right, let's get to UGA. Clearly, uh, Stetson Bennett comes into the season as the clear number one quarterback. Uh, how has the battle for the backup been since with all the talent that's in that quarterback room? I mean, it's a super talented quarterback room. Obviously, there's three guys that you you want to know about, right? It's Carson Beck, it's Brock Vandegrift, and it's Gunnar Stockton, and I think they're in that order. Um, as we sit here today, I think there's a clear-cut one, a clear-cut two, and a clear-cut three, um, that being Stetson, Carson, and Brock. Um, to be honest with you, like in the spring, there was a bunch of talk about Carson Beck from sources and there was a bunch of, you know, the rumor mill was buzzing about uh, about what Carson was doing. This fall, it's kind of been mums the word about the, the quarterback room. And I think it's been kind of by design. I don't think there's anything to talk about. There's no news or noteworthy things there. Everyone's just getting better. They're all getting developed and they're all practicing. They're getting reps, but it's not like there's a competition, right? There's not a battle for who's going to be the one. There's not a battle, I don't think, right now for who's going to be the, the second guy off the bench if Stetson were to get hurt. Um, and honestly, man, like, that's kind of nice, Billy. Like, 
it, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of nice to go into a football season and kind of know what you got at the quarterback position. I know that's uncommon for most Georgia fans. I would say 99% of Georgia fans aren't used to having like consistent, solid quarterback, known quarterback play. So maybe it's just uncommon and unnatural right now, but I think it will become more natural as things progress throughout the years of Kirby Smart. Speaking of targets for for Stetson Bennett, Brock Bowers burst onto the scene last year in his true freshman season. How does he look so far in camp, and should we expect much of the same for him in the 2022 season? Yeah, I mean, look, this is a, this is a guy that came into, high, came into college. I'm not going to say a finished product, but an already, like, explosive threat. If you just look at the physical data points that are Brock Bowers, as an 18-year-old, he was six foot four, 227 pounds. They had him somewhere around the four or five range, clocking over 20 miles per hour on the GPS systems, and is a north of 40-inch vertical guy. Like when you talk about explosive Jeez. data points, they don't make human beings that look, run, move, act like Bowers. They just don't. So, what, what, how much progression? Is he going to have? Um, I think more depends about uh, upon how much um, Todd Munkin and Georgia's offense can force defenses to respect other people. I, I think if you've looked at Georgia in the past, like three years, George Pickens has been the best threat that they've had offensively. But as soon as he got rolling, teams would umbrella and shade coverage, and then it was over with. It's like he was shut down and couldn't do anything. Well, I don't know if that's going to be an option for defenses to have this year. I don't know if there's going to be uh, a lack of weapons on the field that Georgia possesses for you to say, yeah, we're just going to dedicate two, sometimes three people to 19, and the rest of you guys aren't going to beat us, or we're not worried about y'all beating us. I don't think they'll co it'll come to that for Georgia this year. I think they're too talented elsewhere. Speaking of talented, the defense last year was just flushed with talent, with five defensive players selected in the first round, which was a record. Uh, in last year's draft, who who's ultimately going to end up replacing those players as well as the other draftees on defense? Yeah, so let's go through the like you know the the defensive order, right? Let's start from the closest to the ball and work our way back, um, because that's the most important to me. I think what you lost in the box is far. Lewis seems a great player. Darren Kendrick was a good player. I think what you lost back there is replaceable. I don't think what ninety nine did for you defensively is replaceable. I don't know. Like I know when they got the commitment from Jamal Jarrett, there were a lot of people that made the comparison to Jordan Davis. Well, he's also six months from getting on campus, and they don't have one of those. They don't have one of those on campus right now. A six foot six, three hundred fifty pound mountain of a human that could run nineteen miles per hour. Like that doesn't exist very often in human history. One, but two, to have both, of, like to have multiple of those on your roster in back to back years. So. When you think of schematic um, changes or schematic impacts of a loss of a player like Jordan Davis, I think it's far more important than anybody else because he just allowed them to do different, so many different things. They could play with light boxes where it looks like they only have, you know, they, they're outnumbered in the box because they are. The offense has six. They have five, which allowed them to play a lot more coverage on the outside, right? Right. But they could get the job done because he was eating three blockers. So who's going to replace him? Zion Logue. He's going to try. He's not going to do everything that he that 99 did, but that's okay. Maybe Jalen Carter figures out how to add some special sauce to create some attention similar to the way Jordan Davis did last year. So I think those two names, when you think about the shade and the three technique position, are who you're going to be looking at. Warren Brinson, Christian Miller, Bear Alexander, Nazir Stackhouse, uh, Jonathan Jefferson, 
those six, seven, eight names, there's going to need to be four or five of them of them that are really, really solid, ready-to-go football players. Now, um, Trayvon Walker is going to get replaced by a, a litany of guys, right? Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, guys like uh, Michael Williams, the freshman, Tramel Walthour, the senior coming back. So there's a variety of depth and talent, like Kirby Smart said during the SEC Media Days. Um, talent is not an issue at Georgia. It's a matter of experience. I think that's 100% true. I think a linebacker, man, I think they have – four five stars on the roster right now and they have zero career starts at the linebacker position. good lord okay so yeah they're they're immensely talented but they have no experience um same thing i guess could be said kind of at the safety position despite i mean chris and dan return as i guess you could call them starters chris smith certainly the leader back there and then keely ringo i'm um, gonna start at corner and kamari laster and nylon green battling out for the other spot so there's a lot of questions, but there's certainly a ton of talent to potentially answer those questions. To me, it reminds me very, very much so of kind of that 2020-ish defense where, man, they were great, but they were really just building up for what they possibly could be in 2021. Okay. Uh, how about special teams? What are we looking at with special teams moving into this year? Bro, I'm going to have to freaking uh, freshen up on my special teams call. <laughs> I have... Billy, Billy, I ain't been asked so many daggum special teams questions in my freaking life. I guess it's because I'm just used to Jake Camarda hanging around and used to the Jack Pod. I mean, and, and Rodrigo, like Jack Pod Lesney's still around. He's going to kick. Um, I think Zirkle uh, has a chance to maybe push him there. Dude, you know who? I, you know what I don't text my sources about? Hey, what's that punting situation looking like? <laughs> um, the day you catch me doing that, um, I'm probably, you know, chasing the wrong story. Pat McAfee is going to be so disappointed in you, Brooks, man. Come on now. That ain't my brand, baby. We the film guy. We the film guy. That's his brand. We'll leave it for him. All right. Uh, Kirby was hired in, in December of 15, and since then the draft classes or the uh, recruiting classes have been sixth, third, first, second, first, fourth, third. Coming from Mark Richt to Kirby Smart, what is what is he doing on the trail <laughs> that is just so consistently bringing in these top classes? You know, people, it's funny, when when people were doing the Kirby Smart is Mark Rigg 2.0 things, they were doing the, well, you know, he took over a great program and a great roster. Mark Rick recruited at a top 10 level for 10 years. And I always look at people and I'm like, yeah, that's great. But go look who also recruits at a top 10 level. Go look at who's recruited at a top 10 level for the last three or four years in college football. You're going to get a lot of Michigans. You're going to get a lot of Auburns. You're going to get a lot of Michigan States. You're going to get a lot of Florida Gators that hang out in that 9 to 12 recruiting range. And, guys, look at those rosters come November. Look how yeah. depleted they are, right? Look how la look how lack of uh, awareness there is in the NFL right now for those rosters, how, how few draft picks they've produced from those rosters. Those rosters are top 10 talent rosters. They're not top three. The difference between top three recruiting and top 10 recruiting, I mean, it's it's a gulf. It's a massive gulf. And you saw that in the Orange Bowl, right? You saw that in the Orange Bowl. So what does it mean? What has he changed? I think the most important thing was he made everyone on that campus realize that, like, no, recruiting is the lifeblood. It's not just about recruiting in-state and keeping great players in-state home. Mark Rick did a, a decent enough job doing that, keeping great players here um, in the state of Georgia. But the most important thing that Kirby did was buy that daggum helicopter, right? Let me hit 18 Georgia high schools in one day, right? Buy me a helicopter. Let me fly around wherever the hell I want. <laughs> oh, also, 
buy me a, a private jet or get us a private jet, leave it on the tarmac in Athens, and anybody, anytime, anywhere can use that jet. Okay, let me get that and let me fly it out to California when I need to to go to Clovis, California and see if I can land a running back named Kendall Milton. Let me fly that private jet with my defensive backs coach out to Arizona and see if I can land the number one cornerback in the country in Keeley Ringo. Let's go to Nevada while we're out there as well and see if we can land Darnell Washington. This type of stuff does not happen unless you have complete buy-in from your program um, and from your athletic department and things like that. So I think the most important thing was just a commitment to recruiting um, more so than a commitment to making sure we raise great men and great football players, you know, which is a great goal, but it ain't ABC. It ain't always be crudent. That That's that's the, the, the goal now. The goal now is how much can we work? How, how much harder can we recruit than everybody else? And it's it's played out uh, through talent acquisition for sure. Yeah, and we've seen Kirby out here in the West Georgia area, especially over at Carrollton, but at Villarica too. And Bryce and I started this podcast mostly to bring light to the kids in our areas. We believe that there's a lot of kids in this area that are highly underrated. They need to be rated a lot higher. Is there a stigma about West Georgia area? And I mean, you grew up out here. Is there a stigma out here that we're not aware of in terms of recruiting? I wouldn't necessarily say it's a stigma, but here's the weird part about recruiting like lines that I'm learning, okay? When I go to talk to these coaches, coaches tell me all the time, I got I-20 North. So meaning like the I-20 basically in recruiting circles cuts Georgia in half. It's right through Atlanta. You fly into Atlanta. One coach, like say the wide receivers coach from Middle Tennessee State or say the wide receivers coach from Ohio State will have north of I-20. So he'll take all of North Atlanta, he'll take all of Northwest Georgia, he'll take all of Northeast Georgia, right? And he'll handle all of those schools. And another coach will take South of I-20. And what I've noticed is guys will do what I do. They'll take 75 North, they'll take 85 North, they'll take 75 South, they'll take 85 South. And what you're doing is you're cutting Georgia in the Northeast and the Northwest. And what I don't think people do is just travel down 20. Because if you've got North Georgia north of 20 and I've got South Georgia south of 20, then who's who's, recover, who, who's recruiting 20? Which is what all of these schools you're talking about, that's where they reside. They all reside way out west yep. on I-20, which is away from Metro Atlanta, which is away from the hubs and the national, um, not national, but state, like, real big highways. 20 is a highway for me to go to Georgia to Texas. Not for me to go from Metro City, uh, Metro Atlanta City to Metro Atlanta City. It's kind of out there, and I think that's why it gets kind of not necessarily bypassed. But y'all don't see like I can go to North Cobb when in September starts and the evaluation period starts, and I'll see twenty five coaches there because it's it's near Marietta, right? Where it's where it's a hub where they can see seven, eight, nine schools in one day and only right. travel twelve miles. Whereas you go out to Carrollton. And if I'm traveling from one Carrollton school, if I go from Carrollton High School to Villa Rica, that could be a 35 minute, 30, 35 minute drive. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's more bang for your buck, I would think. Maybe that's why they, like, you know, if, if a guy's a baller, like Julian Lewis goes to Carrollton, that guy's going to be ranked number one player if he went to freaking Tittawada Tech because he's a damn good football player. Um, that does not apply for everybody. The, the five foot 11 guy that just so happens to somehow be ranked four stars and everyone thinks maybe might be overrated once he gets to college. Yeah, I don't see that happening out in Carrollton football. So, or, or, you know, in West Georgia football. So perhaps, yes, you are correct. It could be maybe overlooked.
um, yeah. or properly rated. Maybe some of these other cities here in Metro Atlanta are just overrated. You know what I'm saying? It, that could very well be. We, we've got a South Carolina commit out here in Villarica, Jatavia Shivers. He's a massive offen- offensive yeah, line. Yeah, six foot seven, two ninety five, left tackle. And he, he looks slimmer than that two ninety five. I, I went and mm-hmm. saw him at, at a recent uh, uh, practice, and I said, "Man, you look like you lost weight." And he's like, "Man, I've gained weight." I'm like, "Ooh, that's scary." And but we had a we had a quarterback out here at Harrelson County last season that was his senior year, and I think he he rushed for over two thousand yards, and he also had one hundred and fourteen tackles on defense. Good and and got i think one uh d1 offer one hey zach morrison university of, or shorter university i'm challenging you right now you should be recruiting the absolute living dog crap out of uh you know west georgia i mean just absolutely pounding the trail it ain't nothing but a shot down 27 for you brother gone <laughs> that's right you did uh you mentioned uh, julian lewis and and he's got over 20 power five school offers right now and apparently Apparently, and I just found out this week that he's got a new documentary crew that's going to be following him. Is the hype legit for this kid? I mean, everything I've seen from him checks out. I mean, I I don't necessarily buy into like middle school hype. We don't we don't cover kids that early at, at Dogs Daily. I know some competitors in our market choose to. I elected as a staff to to start covering Julian this early because I I do I, I buy the hype. I'm. I am specifically seeking out Carrollton High School football this year, much more than years past, because I do want to make sure it checks out. But everything I've seen, and I've seen him three dozen times in the last two or three years, yeah. I The thing that scares me about young football players is when they don't progress. I When the evaluation does not change for me year over year, man, I really start backing off on you. Julian's improved and impressed more and more every three months that I see him. He just continues to get better. There has not been any plateau for me as an evaluator, and that makes me think and know that he's going to be projectable, right? It's going to work out. You should believe the hype. You should buy the hype because there is progression. Some, some again, some of these athletes that I see when they're 12 years old that are just absolutely the best of the best, well, they, they're the same player when they're 14, and then they get a little bit better by 15, and they're the same player by, by the time they're 17 they leave high school and things don't progress. Julian continues to progress, and as long as that continues to happen, he's going to check every box that everyone says he's going to be, right? Everyone says he's going to be the next Trevor Lawrence, be the next Sean Watson, be the next guy that is the guy from the state of Georgia. I'm buying it, too. I'm with it. Oh, I mean, he does have Trevor Lawrence as high school coach. Uh, yeah, as, Mr. As King. His, <laughs> as his I, head I, coach. Think, I think he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and he's, he's a great coach, too, man. I, I've had great conversations with him I, I i really like joey king uh you you mentioned that you want to c- come catch a Carrollton game Carrollton plays villarica on september 9th oh dude it's on the schedule september 9th it's on the schedule <laughs> I, we we got we got i got offered some 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 p- potential opportunities uh recently i don't know if it's going to jumble up my entire schedule so tc if you're listening to me right now i'm going to watch Carrollton this year i promise um, I just got to get out there sometime. Hopefully, we're calling that game. Hopefully, 11 Alive goes out there and we call that game between Carrollton um, and Villarica because I mentioned it last night when I was on the phone with our TV production crew. So, ho- hopefully, it's on the schedule because I want to see that game. I think Villarica has bodies unlike anybody else on that Carrollton schedule. Um, 
Villarica's got four or five like legitimate Division One looking football players. Um, and we'll see. We'll see how that 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 all that hype from Mr. Lewis holds up. Again, I, I think he is going to check all those boxes, though, Billy. I'm, there's very little concern for me as to whether or not that guy's not going to be what is advertised. Yeah, Hometown Sports Media, the company that I work for, will be broadcasting that game live. I'll be hosting pregame, po- halftime, and postgame from Villarica that night. So I'm pumped about that, and I cannot wait for that game. I really cannot Solid wait plug. for that game. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's my podcast. I can do it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Heck, I just plugged on yours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, and I'm about to give you another opportunity. Go ahead and plug yourself. Tell us tell us where we can find you, and then we can move and uh, done with this, man. <laughs> you could kick me out. Um, no, you can check me out on Twitter, at Brooks Austin BA. Um, that's where I do all my stuff. If you're a Georgia fan, um, you can check out dogsdaily.com. And if you want some extra, you know, premium content, head over to patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin, where we do everything from film studies to uh, insider intel to, you know, just a, a good old fashioned chat room. We have a discord as well that I know um, Billy is well accustomed with. So I appreciate you for having me, buddy. Brooks, I appreciate it, man. And Brooks Austin of SI.com uh, and Dogs Daily, we, we can't thank you enough. And uh, hopefully we'll talk a little bit more later on down the road. No doubt, brother. All right, man. Thanks.